Uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, October 20th, sponsored by 42 at the Clinton Center. On today's edition, we're going to talk about Little Rock's Amazon PR stunt, the Tom Cotton to the CIA rumor, French Hill and Puerto Rico, and maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Oh. So Little Rock told Amazon it wouldn't be applying as a site for a new Amazon headquarters in a full-page ad published Thursday morning in the Washington Post. PR stunt drew a lot of attention, much of a negative, but maybe mixed All is the best it way. Mixed. To... Uh, some people thought it was cute. Some people thought it was stupid. I, I, I think the first thing, the first mistake Mayor Mark Stodel made was seriously announcing a couple of weeks ago that we were going to bid for the Amazon headquarters, too, because we didn't meet any of the criteria. I mean, it was stupid. And then what they did yesterday was have the Chamber of Commerce put together a website and a social media campaign and buy an ad in Jeff Bezos' newspaper and fly an airplane in Seattle saying, oh, well, we're not applying, but we love you, but, you know, we're just not, I mean, we're not big enough to handle you, but uh, we're a great place for business and come on down. A lot of people thought the tone of their letter was kind of off. It almost sounded snarky toward them. And just a little flip. It was, it was a little flippant. And some people thought their little video was better. I think... I think it's a one or two day story is the thing, and I mean I love Little Rock. That's not exactly the most original. I I love New York's been around for a while. You know you may have heard, and uh, ultimately business is going to make their decisions about where to locate based on all the things businesses make their decisions on: infrastructure, transportation, tax policy, education, aesthetics, business amenities, cultural amenities. And that's not going to change. I mean, they're not going to locate here because of a cute ad campaign. We got a little attention. That's fine. Uh, and they weren't going to locate here anyway because no, they the, the list of I criteria. Mean, Amazon didn't know us from from anybody. From we ten buck too. We met approximately none. You know, none. Yeah, we <laughs> met none of the criteria. We don't have an international airport. We don't have a million people. We don't have a big base of tech people. We don't have a world-class research university. We don't have anything. And so we were not going to get Amazon. And I love that they touted Salon saying how great the campaign was for dissing Amazon. Salon's ultra-liberal. They don't believe in corporate welfare, and and everybody thinks to get Amazon you're going to have to give away millions of dollars. Well, we love to give away corporate welfare. In fact, the PR campaign was put together by the Little Rock Regional Chamber of Commerce, which gets $300,000 a year in tax money. And that's uh, that's what they do. They live on corporate. Their salaries are paid by corporate welfare. So, although we don't know what exactly was spent on this deal, I mean, there was the ad and the airplane banner and other things. The chamber thinks its business is secret. Matt Campbell, the Blue Hog Report blogger, has filed an FOI complaint. And says he may sue to get details on how the chamber did the work on this. The mayor was up there. The mayor called it part of the economic development effort they do for the city. So either it is open or it isn't open. And that's, uh, he may finally open the door on something I fought for a long time, which is if we're going to pay this private outfit city money to do things, we ought to know what they're doing because I want to know what they're promising. I want to know what they're telling industrial prospects. Do they talk about relations? Do they talk about the schools? they had the state take over? Do they talk about our punishing anti-worker laws here? They probably do. I mean, that's what Chamber of Commerces do, and that's the problem with giving them money is we're giving money to people who think it's great that we screw our workers, whereas some of the people who are paying their salaries might take a different view. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about our sponsor, 42. We've got some big news. Well, 42 is about to be 42 Bar and Table. Uh, they're doing a big renovation project that's going to finish with the opening November 2nd of opening for dinner. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I think they're going to, or at least Monday and Tuesday, they're not going to be open for lunch because this renovation work is really hitting a high pitch. And they're going to have a reduced menu the rest of the week at lunch. They will be open from 11 to 2. But then uh, the following week, November the 2nd, I think that's a Thursday, they're going to open with a new bar, fire pits out on the deck, a separate entrance so you don't have to go through library security anymore. And as I say, they're going to have a dinner menu Thursday through Saturday and also a bar that's open late. It'll be just a swell place to go downtown, lots of parking and great scenic location. And they know how to cook there, and like you said, and sometimes they they really had a flavor of doing some sort of international flavors on their special dinners, and I'm looking forward to some special menus, I hope. Yeah, and so they're going to be shut for a couple of days. A couple of days for lunch the first of next week. They're not going to be open Saturday. If you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, there's no lunch on Saturday this week. Okay. Uh, speaking of dates to keep in mind, a week from today, October 27th, is the return of the Arkansas Times Craft Beer Festival. It's our biggest event of the year. It's at Argenta Plaza Grounds, which is 6th and Main. Benefits the Argenta Arts District. There's going to be uh, dozens of breweries from all over the state, region, and country. And they'll be sampling hundreds of beers. And, and then I think there's 11 restaurants that will have, you know, everything from Edwards' Grilling Up Bratwursts, which are always really good. Whole Hog's going to have sandwiches and then lots of other good rib sticking food for for uh, sampling beer. So and the weather is getting right. Yeah, that. it is. It is. Hopefully it holds. So moving on, there's talk of Tom Cotton getting tapped to head the CIA in the event of a Trump cabinet shakeup. Well, I have no idea how real this rumor is, but it's growing in prevalence, and that is that because of some changes in, in cabinet positions, there'll be an opening at CIA, and that Trump would put Cotton there. They certainly see eye to eye on a lot of things, and Cotton has been consulted by the president several times. That much is clear. And they particularly seem to have a bellicose attitude uh, sharing toward Iran. So who knows? I mean, it scares me to death to think of Tom Cotton as the chief spook. But he'd no longer be our U.S. senator, so there'd be that. Jay Barth, uh, our columnist, wrote this week about the potential uh, candidacies if there was a special election to fill that seat. Virtually every Republican office holder you can think of would have to be considered as a candidate, I suppose. He uh, mentioned no Democrats, a shame for Connor Eldridge, who tried valiantly to run two years ago. But I like the idea of Davy Carter, a Republican House speaker who's now retired from political office for the time being, but who clearly still holds a, an interest in political office and is, is certainly a moderate on several issues, immigration for one, I think notably. And uh, he'd be an interesting crossover candidate. The question is, is could he get any Republican votes? You just wonder if there are any moderate Republicans left. One of the Republican potential candidates that Jay mentioned was Governor Hutchinson. Do you think that that, I mean, I know you've got to mention everybody, but at, at this point in politics, is that a better gig? I, I don't think so. But, but I can't speak for him. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, who knows? Yeah. I think Congress is, is unrewarding in a lot of ways. It's a hard job. Now, Senate, you don't have to raise money every two years like you do in the House. Uh, 
and so it's a little easier to establish a life. But, uh, I mean, Jay mentioned, among others, maybe Mike Huckabee coming back from Florida. Ah, <laughs> imagine that. I, I don't think so. He's making a lot of money in TV and whatever else it is he does. But interesting interesting thought. But uh, Yeah, you'd have to think that Womack and Hill would be. Yeah, and Womack, I, I mean, I think particularly would, would seem strong to me. You know, Tim Griffin is a – is is a hungry man he is an ambitious and hungry uh knife fighter but i think he wants to be governor right? more than more than senator i mean he left a congressional seat to come back here and make some money and you don't make any more money in senate than you do in the house so i don't know yeah the uh, university of arkansas literoc said this week it had chosen a texas firm to study the feasibility of adding football to the school's athletic program well coincidentally it's the same firm that was hired to look at uh what to do with war memorial stadium and you know it's about to lose the razorbacks as a tenant ever and uh i'm sure they're going to say gee it'd be great to have a football team play there and I'm just kind of guessing this report's going to say, well, you really, the, the results show that you can build enrollment and build support by having a football team, and, you know, it'll cost $20, $30, 40000000 million a year, and you'll take it out, have to take it out of students' backsides, but, gee, it'll really, it'll really produce benefits for the community. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. The school tells me that this consultant has done similar studies for other schools that didn't eventually decide to do football, but I just feel like this train is on the track for, for some reason or another. I don't think UALR is particularly well-suited to be a football school. I mean, it's it's not wholly a commuter campus as it used to be, but it still has a lot of that flavor. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's – again, I'm just being negative, and Mark Stodola, who happens to be a football backer, says I need to get more positive, so – Go, well, go Trojans. I mean, you just look, look at ASU, a program that's spent a ton of money on football and has done pretty well. They're pretty I'll, good. I'll they have the a last pretty good team, and, and they can't fill their stadium. Yeah. And they're losing, they lose they're losing $25 million a year. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't see any showing that it's produced major fundraising for other aspects of the school or changed their enrollment by any great degree. But I, I'm sure – they disagree. I, I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I thought ASU if they were if and if UA Little Rock were going to do it, I I think you now UCA spends a lot of money too. But there's this football subdivision thing, which is not Division One. It's the next step down, and they have scholarships, and it's a pretty good brand of football, and it's fun to watch, and it's more sustainable, and you get crowds of fifteen to twenty thousand, and it's kind of a hometown, overgrown high school thing. I. I came from a hometown that had a school in that league that used to play Arkansas State in the Southland Conference. And it was fun. And it wasn't it wasn't just out of control like Division One eventually gets. I mean, what are we paying to coach at ASU now? Four hundred, five hundred thousand a year? I, I I don't know. I just I just think it's nuts. But Yeah, and really what's the what's the long term future of football? It seems Yeah, it no, seems and I think bleak. football's future because of the interest in head injuries and stuff is it's changing. Yeah. I mean, the South will be the last place to give it up. No no doubt about that. Well, we had a technical issue and uh, lost our recording about three-quarters of the way the first go-round. So this is our second time, and we've breezed through it a little quicker than we did the yeah. first, first go-round. You really missed some good stuff, I'll <laughs> tell you. <laughs> 
the the last album. So, is there anything else you want to talk about? Was was there anything else? It was not not a super busy week. No. Well, let's let's move on to endorsements then. What do you have? Well, I'm, I'm you know I'm t- I have this pathological thing about titles and I can't remember, but I started watching that uh, serial murderer show. Oh, it's it's called Mind Hunter. And it's pretty good. Yeah. And, and it's not really about. Well, I mean, it is about crime. It's all about crime, but it's not. I mean, they're not. You don't see murders and solving of them very much. So it's kind of incidental to sort of the pathology of the serial killer. It's sort. It's sort of interesting. Warning to all the sweet little old ladies that listen to this. It's a little racy uh, in spots. But oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's kind of kind of X-rated and now and again. Not that that's a bad thing, but what I do, I do have a small endorsement. I, I'm sure in the past that I have endorsed Brenda's Tortilleria, which is a tortilla factory out on 65th Street in Southwest Little Rock, next door to Taqueria Carina. They they make fresh tortillas, flour and corn every day. They just turn them out fresh. You can frequently go in there and get a bag of hot ones. Yeah, that's how fresh they are. It's the best tortillas in town. You should and and they and they really store well in the freezer, by the way. And you can just pry them off with a knife. It works great. But they've started selling. I went in there to get to get restocked on tortillas, and they were selling big bags of. Uh, and now my mind is failing me. Fried pork skins. What's chicharrones? Mm-hmm. And they're real chicharrones. I mean, they're not like the sacks you get in your vending machine. Those kind of airy ones. They're the big fat crunchy little bit of meat kind of like cracklings in south louisiana used to be mm. they are they are they're fabulous they are just great and so they're a little expensive a bag for six dollars for a bag because their stuff is so cheap usually but bag of chicharrones at brenda's tortilleria go get you some oh. and get some tortillas while you're at it sounds great uh well i i guess it's bad to endorse something you haven't quite finished but i uh am about 50 or 60 pages from finishing the new Jennifer Egan book. Um, it's called Manhattan Beach. Egan uh, is real decorated novelist and it's nonfiction writer. Me. The book? No, you would like it. Well, it just, it just doesn't it jump around in time or something. A little bit is that? It's it's a I'm very just, conventional I'm just, I'm just, book. I'm just really linear, you know. I mean, uh, it's it's not hard to follow at okay. all. It, right. It's uh, I've been reading a lot of reviews of it. It's just getting raves. Yeah, she, well, she won the Pulitzer for uh, Visit from the Goon Squad in 2011, and um, had a great short story collection for that. Anyway, this book is about. Uh, a, uh, a sort of gangster in the uh, World War II era, and then a uh, a young woman who encounters the gangster in various ways, and and then becomes a uh, a diver at, at the um, the shipyard in in Brooklyn, like a merchant marine kind of diver in the 30s. So she's wearing this giant, super heavy diving costume, and so it's kind of it's kind of a noir, and there's some kind of love story elements, but it's it is, it's a pretty conventional novel. I think okay. that you could handle right. it. But Egan is just such a smart uh, writer. She does tons of research and really seems to get all the history stuff right. And um, her prose is just is really good. I've flown through it, so high praise for that one. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes. Give us a rating and review. And and get ready for 42 Bar and Table. Off for a day or two at lunch, but then back to lunch 11 to 2, Thursday through Saturday next week. But then the following week, November 2nd, 
comes the bar and dinner and lots of big changes at 42, so stay tuned. Okay, we'll see you next week.